We have an incredible show for you today here on Human Events Daily. Huge, breaking, exclusive news to us. Forum messages from inside an internal worker forum, the cast members at Disney, talking about how they actually do support the anti-grooming bill in Florida, and many people saying that they don't want the company to be getting political at all. You've got to check that out. But before we do, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on here at Turning Point USA. Make sure you check out the debate night, tpusa.com slash debate night. It was just held, Charlie Kirk and Buck Angel. And if you haven't got your tickets yet for the Young Women's Leadership Summit, YWLS, it's coming up June 2nd to 4th, Dallas, Texas, tpusa.com slash YWLS. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. We are coming to you live from the Phoenix, Arizona studios, the free state of Arizona. Turning Point USA, we're at the mothership this week. So, today's top stories. New texts reveal, and this is a Human Events exclusive, Disney cast members are in favor of the Florida anti-grooming law. We're going to break it down next. The Wall Street Journal reporting that Zelensky refused to drop Ukraine's NATO bid in the run-up to the war. Third, Viktor Orban declares victory in Hungary elections. And then finally, COVID-19 cases rise as 26 million people are put under lockdown in the city of Shanghai by the CCP. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So late last week, a internal staffer at Disney reached out to me. This is someone that I've talked to um, from time to time again over the years to give me information about what's going on inside Disney, what's going on on the ground. And specifically, this is someone who works as a cast member. So Disney doesn't call them their employees employees. They call them cast members, right? So these are the people that you see at the parks or if you're going down to Orlando, this they have the sort of like um, the first floor. If you guys don't know how that works at Disney World, there's all of Disney World in Orlando, right, is set up one story higher than the rest of um, the entire park. And so downstairs, they have this whole first floor, which is essentially tunnels under the Magic Kingdom and everything else for uh, for workers, for logistics. That's why you don't see, you know, trash trucks driving around, food trucks, that kind of stuff. That all takes place on the lower level. And there are thousands and thousands of people working there every day, right? For them, it's this is work. They want to provide a great amusement park, a great experience for everybody, a great time. Here, though, are some of the messages that were leaked to me from an internal message board on Disney all about this new law, Disney's new stance on this anti-grooming law, the fact that Disney is getting so political. And so just look at some of these comments, and there's so many of them. Go and read the articles up at postmillennial.com. We've got everything. I'm not going to be able to read them all here in the limited time that we have, but messages like, let children be children. Most everyone is ignorant as to what the actual wording of the bill says and who it applies to. It doesn't apply to gay or trans. It applies to the education system. The governor of Florida, along with the state legislature, felt compelled to write a bill that gave the rights to parents of raising their kids as well as regulations to our school systems. If kids ask about sex, then I believe it's the parents' responsibility and discretion 
but also if teachers are asked from the students then the teachers need to communicate it to the parents as noted in the bill so what it does it obviously sets up this guidelines a way essentially for teachers to be able to get to the top and keep in mind we're talking about the youngest of the young children here we're not talking about eighth graders we're not even talking about fifth graders right this is third grade and under that people are talking about here third grade all the way down to kindergarten in this case and so when you're looking at this situation you're never going to hear you know uh the cliche the mainstream media is never going to admit what's actually going on they're going to keep telling you that it's all about you know you're not allowed to talk about this and this is banned and that's banned that's not what it is at all but i want to give you a video here play this um play this clip of the president of disney talking about this I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually, um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child, um, and, and also as a leader. I feel a responsibility to speak, um, not just for myself, but for them. Um, to all of us, we, we, had a, we had an open forum last week at 20th where, um, again, the home of, of really incredible groundbreaking LGBTQIA stories over the years where um, one of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I, and I, and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories. And 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 yet we don't have enough leads. I want to read you one more of the messages from again from a Disney cast member on the internal message board. Sky wrote, I support the bill. I'm gay and I think any form of sexual education shouldn't be taught until you're older and able to understand it. Not when you're young and influential to the people who are teaching you. And in a perfect world, we wouldn't have teachers imposing their own personal beliefs. But this world is imperfect, and it does, and has happened in other states. Children kindergarten through third grade are learning basic skills still. How to read, write, count, socialize. They don't even start going through puberty until maybe fourth grade at the earliest. So leave any bill alone because it isn't infringing on any member of the LGBT community or the heterosexual community. If you think it is, then maybe the issue lies with you wanting children to be involved with sexual things before they are physically and mentally ready for it. And then there's just people responding, saying thank you for talking about this and saying, you know what? Disney should stay out of politics. So understand, there are good people there. They're trying to do a, a good job, and they are sick of this woke nonsense. Almost daily, I'm seeing these videos, home invasions, follow home robberies, and other crimes that are a result of these insane policies that are going on. Ladies and gentlemen, it is sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and your family. Thankfully, there's now iTarget Pro. What is it? A revolutionary system that I use. Allows This allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anywhere in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range with inflation causing the price of ammunition to skyrocket. This will save you a ton of money. You download the iTarget app and you get the laser bullet into your own personal firearm and you start chewing. You don't use any real bullets whatsoever. Dry fire training will help develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus you get free shipping with promo code POSO. This is the smartest way for you to practice. It pays for itself in one day. That's the letter I 
itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com, promo code POSO. Requested them personally to, ta- to say directly that we are going to accept you into NATO or NATO in a year or two or five. Just say it directly and clearly or just say no. And the response was very clear. You are not going to be a NATO EU member, but publicly the doors will remain open. So there's President Zelensky of Ukraine explaining that from the jump, there was this public plan to tell people or act like Ukraine was about to join NATO when behind the scenes, he already knew it wasn't happening. Well, here's an interesting tidbit that the Wall Street Journal buried in their reporting last week, but people like Aaron Maté have done the work of pulling it out. Listen to this. After the German chancellor returned to Berlin, far more worried than he left this. Let me set the stage. This is one week before the war began. This is when that Munich conference was going on. This is when all the negotiations were happening. Vice President Harris flies over to Munich, is trying to get some sense of peace talk, some sense of a deal being done uh, in terms of all of this. I remember back in that same time period, I actually did an interview with Dan, um, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, and I said, I think Putin wants a deal. I think they want neutrality for Ukraine. I think we should negotiate and try to find a peaceful way through this situation, right? That's the thing I said right before all of this dropped. So listen to the Wall Street Journal. Mr. Scholz, so that's the chancellor of Germany, Mr. Scholz, Olaf Scholz, made one last push for a settlement between Moscow and Kiev. He told Mr. Zelensky in Munich on February 19th that Ukraine should publicly renounce its NATO aspirations and declare neutrality as part of a wider European security deal between the West and Russia. The pact would be signed by Mr. Putin and Mr. Biden, who would jointly guarantee Ukraine security. Mr. Zelensky replied that Mr. Putin couldn't be trusted to uphold such an agreement and that most Ukrainians wanted to join NATO. His answer left German officials worried that the chances of peace were fading. What does it mean? It means that neutrality was on the table and it ended up being rejected. And it ended up being the same, well, we can't trust you, we can't trust them, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we have to use deterrence. Why wasn't it even tried? Why weren't negotiations actually tried beginning of this. And when I see these images coming out of Ukraine from day one, not just, not just yesterday, not just over the weekend, I mean from day one, and you see all of this happening, right? I get it. Both sides have their grievances. One side attacked another. They said they felt threatened, right? The West, the Biden family, the Clinton family, They were stealing with both hands inside Ukraine. The corruption is off the charts. But my question is, what about the people? What about the people who are there on the ground that apparently don't have any say in any of this? Were they asked? Were they asked, do you want war or do you want peace? And so when people come and they turn around and say, oh, well, look at what happened. You should have gone to war with Russia sooner or something. And I say, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. I wanted peace. We wanted peace in Ukraine. And if that meant a treaty, and if that meant signing a deal, if that meant doing a negotiation, right? You work that out like adults. You don't sit there and dig your heels in and say no when lives are on the line. And we've seen these new images now that are coming out of the suburb of Kiev, it's called Bucha. And people are saying, you have to react to it. You have to react to it. You have to react to it. And it's horrific. It's atrocious. It's disgusting. We can't tell what happened there. 
You're showing me pictures of atrocities of a crime scene, obviously a crime scene. No context, no explanation, but our leaders say, and our media certainly says, you have to re react to this immediately, right? Full pathos, right? No, no room for logos whatsoever, no room for discussion or debate or negotiation or in, you know, basic investigation. What happened here? What happened on the ground? Why did this happen? Who did this? You know, who was targeted? Any of these basic functions that you would do if this were a law enforcement situation. When I say, show me the evidence, show me the evidence. Don't just make me react to something emotionally because that's what they want. They don't want you looking into any of this stuff anymore. They don't want you talking about the Munich conference. They don't want the Wall Street Journal coming out there and pointing out the fact that neutrality was on the table at one point and it was rejected. It was rejected. And I want people to remember that. There was always a path to peace here. There was always a path. And if you think that this was unilateral, that it was a one-way street, nah, -uh, you're wrong. And here at Human Events Daily, we're pro-peace, but we're also pro-truth. We're going to tell the truth. We're not going to lie about why these things are happening and why these horrible images are coming across our timelines and our feeds every single day. We're not going to lie about who did what. And if we can't confirm something, and if something is disputed, then we're not going to act like it is confirmed and then demand you respond to it immediately. All right? That's what a hack does. That's what an activist does. That's not reporting. That's not investigatory. Here, we're going to look at the situation, we're going to consider all angles, and find what's the best path forward for the people who are on the ground and the people who are in the line of fire, not the way our feckless elites treat them. Across the country, Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freezing the accounts of people who disagree with our political views, and our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values. It's time for a change, and that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I am proud to partner with Public Square, the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses our nation has ever seen. Public Square is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against the COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, Public Square is your best guide. What do you do? You go to the Apple App Store, Google Play, download Public Square, P-U-B-L-I-C-S-Q. You create a free account, you begin your search, and if you have a business, you can list it for free so your local community can find you today. It's so simple, Public Square. That's Public Square on the App Store or Google Play, Public Akkor a győzelmet arattunk, hogy még a holdról is látszik, de de Brüsszelből egészen biztosan. Az egész világ láthatta ma este itt Budapesten, hogy a keresztény demokrata politika, a konzervatív polgári politika és a hazafias politika győzött, és azt üzenjük Európának, hogy ez nem a múlt. That, of course, Prime Minister Viktor Orban, a crushing, crushing victory, 20 points over the opposition party. And some of the reports that are coming out are saying that he may have actually even defeated his opponent 
in their home race. That means he may have even knocked his opponent completely out of office because his victory was so resounding. What does this mean? This is a path forward for populism nationalism. It shows that populism nationalism is on the upswing in Central Europe and Eastern Europe. The people want this type of government. It is a resounding mandate. And by the way, it is a huge blow, a massive blow to a number of people. And we've seen this in his, you know, in his response. If you watch the rest of his video, he called out all the opponents that he had to fight against. The United States State Department, U.S. NGOs, backed by everyone's favorite Hungarian billionaire, right? The same Hungarian billionaire whose NGOs were run out of Hungary by Viktor Orban. Understand the history there. Know someone by their enemies. You know someone by their enemies. The mainstream media, left-wing activists, the NGO crowd, they all stood against Orban. And what did he do? He stood up for traditional, normal values. And by the way, they actually had a referendum. And I think a lot of people have, uh, haven't picked up on this. There was a referendum that was also on the ballot yesterday in Hungary. And so the referendum was nationwide. And what was it on? It was actually on all of these questions that are very similar to the new Florida anti-grooming law. And there were questions about, do you want uh, gender orientation um, teachings being given to children? Do you want um, gender transformative options to be allowed to be given to children? All of these things, a whole umbrella of these topics was covered in this referendum. Do you know how resoundingly the people of Hungary rejected that? Over 90%, according to some of the preliminary reports. Over 90%. Some people are saying it may even be 95%. I'd love to see, by the way, the results of that in the United States if we took a referendum on that. And I don't just mean one state or another. I mean nationwide. I remember Prop 8 in California, by the way. I know we're not supposed to talk about that. But I remember Prop 8 in California. Go look that up and look at how the courts came in and overturned the will of the people. But we're just a democracy, right? We're just democracy. This is just, just democracy. We're not supposed to talk about all those pesky little votes being overturned by the, by the courts, right? That's how democracy works here in the United States. And yet, so you look at what Orban's done. One of the main things that he drove home was the fact that he transformed his version of a conservative government into a populist nationalist government. And one of the key planks in all of this was centering it around the family and family programs. And what does that mean? That means the government of Hungary is instituting a new plan, has instituted it for years. I covered this on OAN. I interviewed the Hungarian Minister of Health and Families, uh, who is now the president of Hungary, talking about all of this, um, President Novak, on understanding that it was going to be credits and stipends for families to be able to afford to have more children, three children, four children, and more, be able to afford houses, be able to afford larger cars so they could have them, go in and actually use the power of government to enact, directly enact benefits for the people of Hungary. Kind of an amazing concept, right? Conservatives in the United States are terrified of even having that discussion. By the way, Poland is doing the same thing. Conservatives in the United States are terrified of using the power of the federal government to directly achieve conservative outcomes. But when you look at the success of Prime Minister Orban, when you look at the success of what's going on in Poland, you have to turn around and say, maybe it's time for a new conservatism that embraces 
this that is centered around protecting and growing and strengthening the American family. The city of Shanghai, now I talked about this last week and I predicted that the lockdowns would extend to the entire city and now they have. So it started in that Pudong area, so that's the area east of the river. Now it's the entire Pushi area as well, including the outlying districts of Shanghai. Now understand, Shanghai is a city of 26 million people. Now lockdowns have spread to the entire city. There's people going out saying they can't even get food. They can't even get basic resources out because they're stuck in their homes. You have people marching across the streets, armed forces marching up and down the streets, uh, medical forces wearing hazmat gear, holding rifles in some of the images I've seen, forcing people to stay in their homes. No one can go to work. We have no clue, by the way, what this is going to do for our supply chain because the port of Shanghai is shut down, one of the largest ports in Asia, one of the largest ports in all of the world. And because our stupid uh, manufacturing system decided to send all of our jobs over there, well, guess what? Now their entire city is on lockdown, their port's on lockdown, and now you're not going to be able to get everything that you need from this. There's a video that came out actually of, I know this is weird, a Ukrainian girl who has been put in quarantine in Shanghai. Now, it's in this Reuters interview that she was doing, um, they don't really explain whether or not she's a refugee or if she was living there already, but go and listen to her and talk about the conditions inside these quarantine chambers. There's no official information about any plans, any arrangements. We don't know when we're going to leave. There are no showers here, and we're not allowed to receive any parcels from the outside world. Understand. This is the future our elites want. Total control, total authoritarianism, no respect for individual rights, no respect for individual medical decisions. Can't get food? Who cares? There's no delivery, there's no Uber Eats, there's none of that stuff going on right now. You're completely shut out. So the question then becomes, how do you feed people when you're in a situation like this? Remember, Maslow's basic hierarchy of needs is being completely broken down in the city of Shanghai right now. And I got to say, you know, for me, it is kind of personal because I did live in Shanghai for two years. So I lived in the Putua district right along Suzhou Creek, uh, had an apartment there, a little one bedroom apartment when I was working in my early 20s, right after college. And uh, I was working in international business there in Shanghai and spent a lot of time there. I learned a lot, had a lot of friends there, and I'm thinking about all of them. I'm praying for all of them, and I encourage everyone to do so as well. The 26 million people that are now shut down by their own government, by their own leaders, by the party that controls their government, that doesn't give them a say in anything that's going on, you know, the party, CCP always says, well, we lifted you out of poverty, so you have to support us. We lifted you out of poverty. But right now, we can't eat. Right now, you know, the waste is piling up in these houses. Supermarkets are right there, but they're all shut down. And you can't go outside. You can't even get delivery. So what do you do? You're scrounging around. And ladies and gentlemen, I've said this before, it's going to get worse. Because that's what our leaders want here. They want us on our knees and locked up. And that's all the time we have today for Human Events Daily. Remember, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you to be good, be brief, be gone. And remember, your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normie friends. And leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What do we talk about today? 
massive human events exclusive story texts and photos and messages revealing Disney cast members in favor of the Florida anti-grooming law from this internal forum. Next, the Wall Street Journal reporting that Zelensky is refusing to drop the NATO bid. We talked about Viktor Orban declaring victory in Hungary. And then finally, we talked about these incredible and insane lockdowns, 26 million people in the city of Shanghai. But before we go, it's time for today's history break. Today in 1968, civil rights leader Martin Luther King Jr. gunned down Memphis, Tennessee, by James Earl Ray. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. 